Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. 911, do you need police fire medical? An anonymous telephone call told police where they could find the body of a missing nine-year-old girl. The recording of that call had too much static and background noise for voice identification until forensic scientists worked their magic, which led investigators to a factory, a supermarket, and straight to the front door of a suspect. Friday before Easter in 1996, nine-year-old Jessica Knott spent the day playing, reading, and drawing. The kids were home from school. I spent the day packing up clothes and getting ready for a trip that we had planned to make to my husband's parents' house uh, to spend the Easter weekend with them. Eventually, Jessica wanted to go outside to play and wait for her father to come home. She said, I'd like to go downstairs and wait for dad because my husband was out shopping for Easter goodies. I said, fine, you know, don't go anywhere else. A couple of hours later, Kevin Knott walked in the front door, but without Jessica. And it was starting to get dark. And he said, where's Jessica? I said, didn't you see her? She was, she said she was right out front. He said, no. Kevin and Peggy Knott searched everywhere. One neighbor said she saw Jessica sitting outside reading a few hours earlier, but hadn't seen her since. When police were notified of Jessica's disappearance, they instituted a parameter search of the area. But their first real lead was an anonymous telephone call saying that Jessica could be found not far from her home on Montgomery Road. The call originated from a payphone at a gas station on Montgomery Road. I'm uh, having a very hard time hearing you. What's there? Jet. No one was there when police arrived. Crime scene investigator Deanna Taminski was called to the area. While I was en route to the mobile gas station, they called me and informed me they had found a body of a juvenile female. The body was in a dark, isolated area near a water system pump house, a quarter mile from where the telephone call was made. She was partially covered with a dark plastic garbage bag, and there were a couple of magazines, a mirror around her. It was Jessica Knott. That was the worst night of my life. It's like a nightmare for any parent. You know, 
I still have a hard time accepting it. Deanna Tominsky searched the area for possible forensic evidence. Jessica's clothing was intact except for one missing shoe. It appeared that she'd been placed there, that she was not killed there, um, because there were items underneath her as well as on top of her, and there was a drag mark in the sand that corresponded with her left shoulder. There was a tire impression nearby, which police photographed, then cast with plaster for future evaluation. The body was carefully removed for an autopsy, along with the plastic garbage bag in which the body was found. When questioned by police, neither Jessica's mother, Peggy, nor her husband, Kevin, were able to provide an alibi for the time of Jessica's disappearance. Kevin said he was shopping. Peggy said she was inside cleaning her house, but neither could provide any independent corroboration. In Kevin Knott's vehicle, police found a roll of garbage bags which were confiscated for forensic analysis. And there was something else suspicious. An analysis of the anonymous call to police revealed the tone of the caller's voice as sympathetic, suggesting that the caller knew Jessica personally. If investigators could identify the caller, they most likely had their killer. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done. The autopsy of nine-year-old Jessica Knott revealed bruising on her neck and the inside of her mouth, indicating someone had cupped a hand over her mouth and suffocated her. We couldn't be sure whether it was strangulation or whether it was suffocation because of a hand over the mouth. Probably a combination of the two, actually. And the contents of her stomach revealed she had eaten a fast food hamburger shortly before she was killed. How can you treat a human life like a piece of trash? I mean, literally, he put her in a garbage bag and dumped her on, under a tree, I think it was, they found her. I mean, that really makes me angry, extremely angry. Scott Ryland analyzed the bag covering Jessica. He found no fingerprints on it and also determined that the bag was different from the type found in Jessica's father's truck. This eliminated Kevin Knott as a possible suspect. The trace evidence found on Jessica's body, hairs, fibers, and other materials, were sent to forensic scientist Max Hauck. He immediately identified important information about the killer. 
the foreign hair found on Jessica's body was Caucasian. And there were two different types of fibers. Both were matte finish, very thick and rough, not the type used in clothing. There's a certain look to carpet fibers, and there's a certain look to automotive fibers. And if you look at enough of them, you can eventually get a hunch, if you will, that it may be, in fact, from an automobile, uh, either the carpeting or maybe the floor mats. The fibers were from two different carpets, suggesting that Jessica had been in two different locations. And there was another telling piece of trace evidence. And then there was the overwhelming number of animal hairs. The animal hairs were distinctive uh, as to what type of animal they were from, a dog. Dogs have what's called a spade-shaped root. It also kind of looks like a small Christmas tree, uh, sort of folded up and triangular in shape. Houck then compared that dog hair to reference samples from the FBI laboratory. I knew it wasn't going to be a Malamute or, you know, some Alaskan Husky. So I went to short-haired dogs, uh, Black Labs, Sharpays, Boston Terriers, dogs like that that have very short, sleek coats, and then started comparing the characteristics. All of the other dogs dropped out except for Sharpay. All of this evidence told investigators that the killer was Caucasian, and that he took Jessica in his automobile to a fast food restaurant. Later, Jessica was in another location where she came into contact with a Sharpay dog. Police then turned their attention to the anonymous telephone call. The 911 tape, obviously a key piece of evidence. Everyone was convinced the person on that tape was the murderer and we wanted to be able to identify that voice. The call had been made from a public telephone at a gas station. I'm sorry, sir. And had up. quite a bit of background noise and static. What's there? Police sent the tape to NASA, asking scientists there to use the same audio techniques they employ to clean up audio transmissions from space. After that was complete, the tape was sent to Dr. Harry Holine, a renowned forensic audio analyst who literally wrote the book on forensic audio analysis. Dr. Holine felt certain he could identify the voice on the telephone call. All he needed was a suspect's voice for comparison. The tone of the caller's voice sounded to investigators as sympathetic, as if he knew Jessica personally. On a hunch, police played the tape for Jessica's mother, and her reaction was immediate. It was like a bell ringing in my head. <gasps> That's it. It's the guy with the dog. The guy with the dog was a neighbor. She just couldn't recall his name. grief. Friends and neighbors left lilies and toy rabbits where Jessica Knott's body was found on Easter weekend. Meanwhile, Jessica's mother had provided police with a suspect. She said the man who called police pointing them to Jessica's body sounded like a neighbor who walked his dog in the area. 
Police identified the man as 35-year-old James Edward Crow, who had no prior arrests. Crow lived with his wife, who was a nurse. He was unemployed and spent quite a bit of time walking his dog, Pumpkin. He stayed home and watched the house and the dog and walked the dog around and talked to all the kids. Now, that's not the worst thing in the world in some situations, but it certainly makes you wonder. Something about him made me feel uncomfortable, but it's not a thought that I dwelled on. Pumpkin was a Sharpay, similar to the breed whose hair was found on Jessica's body. A neighbor had seen Crow talking to Jessica outside the apartment building shortly before she disappeared. Crow admitted talking to her, but denied having anything to do with her disappearance. Investigators searched Crow's vehicle. Amid the debris, they found a bag for a kid's meal from a nearby fast food restaurant. Remnants of a fast food hamburger had been found in Jessica's stomach. And Crow had brand new tires on his truck. Police discovered that Crow had replaced them just after Jessica's death. And in Crow's apartment, police found a box of black garbage bags, the same size and brand as the bag found with Jessica's body. Could they link the garbage bag from the crime scene to the garbage bags in Crow's apartment? There are a huge number of garbage bags produced, typically on the order of nine and a half million bags in one month's time. So the question is, how many of those nine million bags could be like this bag found on Jessica Knott's body? To find out, investigators turned to Noel Roberts. As a quality control expert for the manufacturer, he knows garbage bags. Robert said that the number stamped on the box indicated where the bag had been made. The bags in Crow's apartment had been made in Virginia. The goal of mass production is to quickly make an identical product over and over again. But Roberts knew that not every trash bag was truly identical. You're taking a random amount of white plastic bags, of yellow ties that have iron in them, the white plastic bags are very rich in titanium dioxide. So what you have, depending on this random variation in the scrap that's being used, a change in the concentration of the iron and the titanium, and in fact, it turns out from day to day. To reveal the elements in the plastic, Scott Ryland focused a high-intensity X-ray beam on samples of the bags found in Crow's apartment. A fluorescent spectrometer reveals the elements in the plastic and their relative concentrations. The bag found with Jessica was virtually identical to the bags in Crow's apartment, indicating they had been from the same batch of plastic. Another characteristic was visible to the naked eye. When the plastic is made, bits of debris will get lodged in the machinery. This produces imperfections in the plastic called dye lines. Because the obstructions causing the lines come and go, the pattern on the bags is unique to a specific window of time. And it almost gives you a, a fingerprint type identification where you can take one bag and really match it up with the next bag in a carton and be pretty sure that it is a consecutive bag and from the same batch. 
the dye lines in the bags found in Crow's apartment lined up with the dye lines in the bag from the crime scene, meaning all the bags were manufactured within hours of each other. Often, the bags are not folded evenly. The amount of overlap in the edges called an offset varies over time and with each machine used. The offset in Crow's bags and the bag with Jessica's body also matched. James Edward Crow was arrested and charged with the murder of nine-year-old Jessica Knott. Forensic scientists were able to determine that the carpet fibers found on Jessica's body were consistent with the carpet fibers in James Crow's apartment and in his automobile. And the dog hair on Jessica's body was consistent with Crow's dog. The garbage bags in Crow's home had the same striations and offset overlaps as the bag with Jessica's body. Finally, Dr. Harry Holine compared a sample of Crow's voice to the voice on the anonymous telephone call. And he came to a conclusion uh, somewhere in the 90% range that this was in fact the same voice. Based on the forensic evidence, prosecutors believe that Crow used his dog to start a conversation with Jessica while she waited outside for her father. You like dogs? Yeah. You want to try taking him for a walk? From there, he coaxed her into his car with a promise of a fast food hamburger. Afterwards, the forensic evidence suggests Crow took her back to his apartment where she picked up the apartment carpet fibers and the hairs from his dog. For reasons unknown, Crow apparently suffocated Jessica in his apartment. He then hid the body in a garbage bag and placed it in the back of his car without creating suspicion. After dumping the body in the deserted location, he placed a call to police, probably out of guilt, which Dr. Holine matched with his audio expertise. James Crow maintained his innocence, and his defense attorneys challenged the forensic evidence. In a separate hearing to determine the admissibility of this forensic evidence in the upcoming trial, prosecutors had to prove that the scientific analysis of the garbage bags met general scientific standards. In the end, the judge said, well, I find it admissible. Not only do I find it admissible, I think it's some of the best forensic testimony that I've ever seen. And the jury is going to be very, very interested in this testimony. Well, you don't get those kind of compliments from judges every day. Faced with the overwhelming forensic evidence, James Crow decided to plead no contest to second-degree murder in exchange for a sentence of 40 years in prison with no chance for parole. In so doing, Crow avoided a possible death sentence. All I can say is the man upstairs is waiting for him. 
Might possibly the man downstairs too. The Knott family was spared the ordeal of a trial. But in the courtroom, they showed Crow how much he hurt them when Kevin read a poem he had written. Damn you to swift justice, to meet your maker, to face your God, to feel his wrath. The sooner, the better. Damn you. The Knots never before realized the complexity of forensic evidence and the full measure of its power. With all the DNA testing that goes on and uh, just all the scientific technology that's available today, I think just helps everybody get closer to the truth of crimes. It wasn't available like, say, 20, 30 years ago. And um, it pretty much cut to the core of what happened. The forensic capabilities of our local Department of Law Enforcement lab and the FBI lab are what made this case possible, uh, in, in the sense of made it possible for us to prosecute it successfully. If we had not had the capabilities of those labs, I think James Crow would still be on the street. Hi, this is Andy Katz, host of March Madness 365, presented by Grammarly. This week on the podcast, listen as we break down the latest AP poll and give you insights on my updated Power 36. Listen to March Madness 365 with Andy Katz, presented by Grammarly, wherever you get your podcasts. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner that gives your team an instant first draft in a few clicks, not a few hours. Companies that use Grammarly save an average of 19 days per employee per year. Grammarly works seamlessly across 500,000 apps and websites. Get personalized on-brand writing help everywhere your team works. Learn what better writing can do for your company at Grammarly.com. Grammarly. Easier said. Done.